0: Welcome, You Found the People Chattanooga Podcast. I'm your host, Luke Swab, and today on the show I have Kim White. You've all probably heard her name before as she is a powerful, well-known woman in our community with quite the running resume. She has held the title of President and CEO of River City Company, which is a nonprofit responsible for much of the redevelopment of downtown, specifically alongside the riverfront. She was the president of former Senator and Mayor of Chattanooga, Bob Corker's real estate group. Kim has attended Hickson High School and UTC here in Chattanooga and now she is running for mayor. I'm very excited to sit down with Kim for an hour to find out who she is as a human and not just a headline on a Times Free Press article. So without further ado, I hope you enjoy my following conversation with Kim White. All right, we're recording. I'm here with Kim White. How hey. You, how are you doing this I'm morning? I'm doing
1: great. Thank you.
0: Good. Um, so you're running for mayor, and I would really like to know what your background is, um, who Kim White is. I'm a little less interested in policies, and I like to get to know people at a human basic level yeah so um can we kind of talk about your background and and your story and um were you born in chattanooga
1: Uh, I was born in Athens, Tennessee, but I grew up in Chattanooga. So, yes, I have a a, a story with a lot of twists and turns, like a lot of people, probably. Um, I moved here in eighth grade. My dad was with TVA, and I went to Hickson High School. I was a very shy, um, very unremarkable uh, high schooler with not a lot of confidence. I uh, lived at home and went to UTC, the first in my immediate family to go to college, and I worked and... Help pay my way through there. And really, UTC was a place um, that really opened my eyes about leadership and gave me opportunity. I started getting really involved on campus and saw how a person or people can make a difference. Um, so I credit UTC with so much about who I am. What
0: What would you get involved with?
1: Uh, I became president of my sorority. I joined. I joined a sorority. Uh, then I got involved with student government and lots of lots of things like that. One thing led to another. I became president of my sorority, and I, uh, I've spent my whole time giving back to UTC and to that sorority. Just Just to know that it was really so important to me, and being been surrounded by people that believed in you and you can count on. Um, I think it really changed the trajectory of what I ended up
0: doing well that's a lot different than you described being shy I know. know
1: oh you could have never you could have never ever told me I would be on this path but um it's amazing how if you take a little risk and put get outside your comfort zone and you have support there to do it how you can just keep pushing and I am someone that does keep pushing that way yeah. um but after school you know back in in Chattanooga in the early 80s it wasn't the beautiful place we live today and there wasn't a lot of opportunity and I ended up in Augusta Georgia working for a telecommunications company all telecommunications it's a fortune 500 company
0: well um what was what you graduate with at UTC?
1: I graduated with an art degree.
0: Art degree, and then you worked for telecom. Yeah, okay.
1: And I did marketing. I started off doing marketing, but then it became evident I was pretty good at building teams and sales, and so I became the sales manager, then the district sales manager, and then the regional sales manager. And I had a career through them with that. But I met my husband in Augusta. We were we celebrated thirty two years on New Year's Day. And he was in the construction industry. His firm was bought out about the time Altel was pushing me to move up in my career. So um, he said, I've had my career and I'll follow you if this is what you want. Little did he know. Now he does. <laughs> now it's too late.
0: Yeah, cat's out of the bag <laughs> Yeah, now.
1: so uh, we ended up moving from uh, Augusta. We went to Atlanta, Fort, uh, Atlanta, Birmingham, Fort Myers, Florida. We did the southern tour.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And um I managed lots of big markets, built teams, did market share. In 2003, they were getting ready to move us again. And it was one of these moments that you say, wait a minute. Like you said earlier about living intentionally. Yeah. And I hadn't been living intentionally. I was on this career track that I really hadn't paid attention to, which I even enjoyed anymore. So it was a great way to do a timeout. And we made a list of, all right, if you could live anywhere Oh, my goodness. Where, let's, let's pick where would we go. And so we made a list of five cities. Uh, my husband is from South Carolina. He had never lived in Chattanooga, even though we visited. And um, we visited Chattanooga in 2003 uh, over the 4th of July when uh, Mayor Corker, Bob Corker, was mayor. And the 21st century waterfront was being built. And there was pops in the park. And there was music in the air. And it just like, I knew we were supposed to be in Chattanooga. So we chose Chattanooga. I moved here without a job or any idea um, what was next, but I knew I wanted to find a place to put my voice and my passion.
0: Um, I'm super curious. What were the other five cities or the other four cities? Yeah.
1: So Asheville. Yeah. Charleston. Yeah. Savannah. Beaufort, South Carolina. So my husband's from South Carolina and we had, we had visited those areas a lot uh, being in Augusta, but Um, the other mountains of Chattanooga called me Uh, home.
0: You know, I actually did the same thing. That's why I'm in Chattanooga because I made a list of the top five cities and here I am. So, I mean, we're both, we're both right.
1: Yeah, we both were right.
0: Chattanooga is amazing.
1: It is amazing. Um, so when I moved back, um, just trying to figure out, okay, what was next for me, and this was way before you did everything on your smartphone, I just started reading about who was doing what in Chattanooga, some cool things, how could I find my voice, who did I need to meet with, and I made a list of 20 people, I still have that list, um, that were doing things in the city to seem like they were real active and involved in moving it forward. And after the third person on that list said, you seem to have such passion for our city, you need to meet our mayor, Bob Corker, I cold-called on Mayor Corker at the time, and went, I got an appointment and got to see him at City Hall, and I talked to him for several months, um, thinking maybe there was an opportunity at the city, but uh, he was looking for someone to run his real estate organization. So my beginning back in Chattanooga in the work field was uh, running Bob's real estate company, two million square feet of real estate, and it was such a amazing way to connect with a city and to work for someone that has such love and integrity for a city um, was a great beginning. So uh, I did that. I,
0: I, when you were doing that, what are what are some of the, like the dated? How do you run his real estate company?
1: So with two million square feet of real estate, it's all about finding the right finding the people to put in. And really, it's, it's it's negotiating leases. Mm-hmm. It's um, looking for people to, to to fill those leases. Handle problems. Um, I started getting really involved in the community just to, to build a network. Um, I ended up serving on the Erlanger board for six years and ended up doing a lot of stuff at UTC. But it really was dealing with the tenants in those buildings, um, dealing with issues, and 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 making sure they were leased. So I'm a good p- problem solver. I got to meet a lot of great people and make a lot of good connections doing that.
0: Wow, that's a really good start to coming back to Chattanooga. It was, yeah. yeah,
1: it really was. And um, so, again, got real involved in the city. Uh, I became known, I guess, as someone that works hard on boards and can raise money and not scared of, of hard work and rolling up my sleeves. I was on the River City board when they were doing a CEO search in 2009 and was encouraged to use my voice there and i really felt like it was another one of those aha moments i felt like ah, oh, this is maybe why i moved to chattanooga it's where my skill sets all mesh i have the private sector experience um i know the business community i love the city and uh, and i love that job i did it for 11 years working to make downtown better
0: i'm really interested in that part yes um can you talk about what that process was like, and who who or was it the team that was the brains behind the whole um downtown re, revitalization uh the river walk um when did were you part of uh the aquarium no was
1: that? no so so um it's so funny so when I moved back and made a list of the twenty people that were doing cool things. One, yeah. of the, one of the people on that list, uh, was, it was Ken Hayes, because he was at River City Company. And it was like, oh my God, River City's involved in so much. So River City has been around for 35 years. Mm-hmm. And they were the organization put in place to make sure that downtown was revitalized and become the economic hub it is today. So the first projects were the Riverwalk and the Aquarium and then you have the stadium and you ha- so i would say anything iconic from fourth street to the riverfront in some way river city was responsible the community had come together to do a plan river city bought up most of the land there was lots of land available because there was nothing going on in the city back in the 80s was it
0: privately held land this- uh
1: there was uh, it, a lot of it was privately held land that a developer that had gone bankrupt had put together Some pieces, like where the lookouts are, uh, was at an old high school, so it was bought from the city and the county. So really, River City acted like a land bank to make sure that the right thing happened on the right pieces of property. Mm -hmm. So that that was our beginning. Which
0: is so important to have a master plan, rather than 20 different investors... Uh, picking a lot, doing random things here. It all needs to tie together.
1: You're exactly right. I think I think that has been why Chattanooga has done so well because I, we are known for our planning and for our doing. A lot of cities can plan, but they don't do, but we do both.
0: Yeah, the <laughs> implementation is a yes. very important part Yeah,
1: of it. yeah, it is, it is. So anyway, it was, it was an amazing organization to be part of. Um, so for the way River City works is... River City doesn't have any power. It's all getting people to work around a table together, or tables together, working on plans and projects and finding, I guess, the win in the in the room, and um, which is what I think our city needs right now is working around the table together. So uh, we worked with city government, county government, the foundations, the private sector, the public sector. It was great to figure out who's who and all those pieces and then how we move the city forward. Um, So through that lens I got to see through maybe ways and I think the city could be doing things differently or things I dealt with people that were frustrated with the city and uh, sometimes we would play um, uh, interference to try to help, help get things moving. So I've been encouraged over the years to use my voice in this way and so again as someone a shy teenager from Hickson that yeah. moved back in 2003. I would have never believed this is where my path would have led, but I do believe this is my path.
0: Um, I'm curious with how the downtown health is right now. You see a lot of vacant um, buildings, uh, especially right off of 4th Street, there's a lot of you know, restaurants and whatnot—they're out of business. It's—it's
1: um, it's tough. All—all all downtowns are suffering right now because the workforce isn't here. So we—we we typically during a normal without COVID, yeah,
0: before COVID, it seemed to be struggling. Yeah, we—we
1: we had forty thousand people that work downtown, um, and they are the ones that keep the restaurants and everything alive. I will say that you know downtowns are never finished, and they ebb and flow. And the Fourth Street area that you're talking about. The one that we focused on twenty years ago mm-hmm. needs some more attention, so it needed more attention before covid, and it really needs attention now, so River City, when I left, uh, was involved in doing another planning process, looking at what the next evolution of the riverfront will be, so I think coming out of covid this has given us an opportunity to pause, and those needs may be different than what they are now, but the good news in all of it is, we have a beautiful river. Yeah, we have great assets. We've just got to figure out how to get them jump started again.
0: And you, you mentioned this isn't just a Chattanooga problem. Um, cities all over, all over, are having a slump or something. something. Empty
1: storefronts. I mean, uh, I mean, from from New York to Charleston to all in between, because it has been so tough on small businesses.
0: What are some ideas uh, where that? valuable real estate could be used instead of uh, just sitting there?
1: Well, I think right now, I mean, you know, COVID, the vaccine is is getting out. I mean, I think it is, this is a temporary thing, but I think what needs to happen is there needs to be more focus on small business support. And that's one of the things in my policies. Um, I've seen it firsthand is that you know, small businesses are busy running their business. Um, But we could be a resource to help figure out how we bring resources to them, how we highlight them, how we can help support those. Um, So I think, you know, we have a beautiful city that we've been working on for 35 years. This is definitely a blip, but it's identified maybe um, some areas as a city that we need to do a better job of. And that's, I think, small, medium-sized business support.
0: Mm -hmm. Do you have any... um examples of how uh, river city um, can be a resource. Like, yes. Yeah.
1: So um, you know, some of the ways that that organization has worked is um, in the past, we've done small business. Re- we've been done business recruitment grants to help property owners bring retail and uh, small businesses into the city. We've done facade grants um, to help do things on the exterior that make the business more attractive. Uh, Some of it is maybe promotion and marketing, which could be a big piece of it. Um, The city could have played a bigger role, I think, during the beginning of COVID when the weather was so beautiful with doing things like how do we make outdoor seating easier like other cities. Um, We threw up more roadblocks than we were helpful. So I think that's one way. And be a little more nimble. So I think we have organizations in that space. River City is one of those. But I think the mayor's office, we would want to be more involved and Um, active and accessible to help push some of that out.
0: I have an anecdotal um, example of outdoor seating. I have a friend that works at Tremont and um, they wanted to have more outdoor seating because Tremont's really crowded inside and and they would, outdoor seating would be good, but they decided not to buy the tent tarp thing because um, they weren't, Aware of the permit process, if they could get approved by the city to do that fast enough, and I think it would have been nice if the city could have made those type of permits. Hey, we're in a weird pandemic. Um, let's just like streamline this permit process. Yes, because the, the you know the business can't afford to buy this twenty thousand dollar tent thing um, and not be allowed to do it.
1: No, you're exactly right. It was it's things like that. Yeah. We've got to be no- more nimble, more creative, and know that we are in a not it we're just, we're in a hurry i mean businesses yeah. can't wait so uh so i'm excited about the opportunity to look at how we can streamline some of those processes
0: have have you ever tried to do any work in politics before this
1: uh no i mean i, I would say that the work i've done is um again with river city um uh, both mayors were on the river city board uh, to get anything done. We worked in conjunction with the city and the county. I know a lot of the people that work in the city. Um, I've worked well with lots of different mayors. So that's semi-political, yeah. but I've, ne- I've never run for office. Um,
0: when, why? Um, what's your motivation? Why do you want to run for office? I love mayor? the
1: city. Uh, I feel like that this is a role that Chattanooga has prepared me for my entire life and that this is where the path has led. And um, I feel like I can make a difference based on my experience. Um, I have a successful history and a history of working with people and collaborating with people, and I think if there's ever been a time to pull our city together and collaborate and work together, uh, it's now. And so sometimes you pick a path, but the path also chooses you, and this is this is where I am. Mm-hmm.
0: That's a great answer. Yeah. Um, as far as transparency goes, do you know how much the mayor's salary is?
1: Ah, it's it's a lot less than I was making before. It's like it's like ah, I think like one hundred and sixty eight thousand, maybe something like that. Okay, yeah, yeah. so it's... something about that. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah.
0: Um, all right. Um, I'm really interested in the Riverwalk, and um, wh- whose idea was that?
1: So when the when the plan to redevelop our downtown was put in place in the early eighties one of the things that came out of the plan was how to connect, a connected way to connect these little parks, Mm -hmm. which evolved into a a Riverwalk. And you think about where we were, where cities were in the 80s, which is probably way before you were born, uh, (laughs) is that to spend money on things like that were really controversial, you know, like public art and walkways. And, you know, so the very first section of Riverwalk, River City Company, put the money up front because the city and the county was they were pretty leery about using taxpayer funds for something like that
0: because it could be considered wasteful yes irresponsible yes
1: so we put up the funds for that the good news in that is that we got to design it in a way in maybe a better way than what the city or county could have done but it was so successful that uh you know now with i think it's 13 14 miles of riverwalk when the last three miles of Riverwalk were announced, when the ribbon was cut, and that's over by the Alstom site, mm-hmm. um, there was already $255 million of private investment that had taken place just along that three-mile path. So it is proven that it's a huge economic driver, but you think about it's a huge community driver, too. Um, People love that. They love the walking bridge. They love the river walk. And I think it's um, really one of the jewels in our city that may not get enough credit. Because that was really the first big project even before the aquarium. So when you walk through a city, you sure think differently about it than when you drive through a city. So Mm -hmm. I think it did make people appreciate what a beautiful natural resource the Tennessee River was.
0: I love the... I'm gonna be on the river walk after this yeah. podcast. You know, <laughs> I use it I use it at least once a week, if not more. Yes. And and I really like that new section connecting Saint Elmo. Oh, it's
1: so cool. That
0: was really uh artery to bring Saint Elmo into the city. Yes. That is there's no other easy way to walk or ride a bike over there. That's right. And and I'm excited for the new connector to Alton Park. Yes. Um And currently, the construction crews are out there finishing up the South Chick to connect us to Camp Jordan. Um, And then Jim Johnson, he's a cyclist in the area. You know Jim? Yes. He has this grand master plan of turning the river trail into a loop and going out through San Elmo into the battlefield and then back over to Camp Jordan. And that'd be 52 miles. I'm a huge advocate of public trails and makes our city so... Accessible.
1: Yes, and it makes us so much more connected. Mm-hmm. Uh, connecting those neighborhoods are so important.
0: I Connecting neighborhoods. What are your thoughts on Glass Street? Um, that's a little further out. Um, I think there's lots of potential for that area. They have a, a really interesting-looking Main Street, downtown-ish feel, but it's quite abandoned um, as far as it looks like it... I don't know what what are your thoughts on West well, Street? well,
1: I would say you know I've been out visiting all the neighborhoods and um and they all have different needs and different potential i uh, I think um People feel very connected to their city based on their neighborhood. There's a lot of loyalty to their neighborhood. Oh, and, yeah. I, yeah.
0: I call it the St. Elmo cult, yes, <laughs> honestly. Yes, yes. Yeah, In the Highland Park, they're, they're really like, you know.
1: So one of the things that I'm excited about and one of the reasons that um, I made the decision to leave an organization and a job that I loved is that I feel like the same tools that we've been using for downtown Need to be used in every part of our city in every neighborhood. So, um, you know, so maybe in some neighborhood it's a, a park, or maybe another it is um, more jobs. Well, every neighborhood needs more jobs. But I think it is how do we strengthen all the neighborhoods? And it's a component of making sure that there are job opportunities, um, that there's affordable housing, um, that there is great outdoor community connected space. And for some, it's public transportation. So um, they all need those components.
0: Mm -hmm. Do you think Chattanooga is getting too big?
1: No. No. I know we don't want to be Nashville. Yeah. We don't want to be... We used to say we don't want to be Atlanta. And I always thought Nashville was pretty cool. Now we definitely don't want to be Nashville. I think... um, We are fortunate in that based on our topography um, that we are surrounded by mountains, you know, the the downtown area is only so large. We do have potential with the Alstom site, with the Wheeland site to develop out in that way. I think a lot of times when people think we don't want it to be too big, what they're really saying is we don't want Chattanooga to lose its culture and authenticity, and we don't want the traffic. Mm -hmm. So I think if we, We've got to do well and plan well um, and be very intentional about what kind of development. But we need a lot more job opportunities. So we need to grow that. And there is a housing shortage in all uh, all income brackets. So we do need to do that. So people are coming whether we want it or not. And let's just make sure that we build it in a way that is good for our entire city.
0: With that Alstom plant uh, development, can you tell me what you know about that and what is being proposed or what has already been uh, approved by the city?
1: So uh, they have done a a very large 20-year master plan Mm -hmm. and they're focused first on jobs and uh, which is great because they do have some real estate and commercial manufacturing type, clean manufacturing type real estate that um, would attract a certain type of job. Uh, So they look at it as it's jobs first, but then you but but then also housing and retail and restaurants, and there's no doubt with covid I mean everything's slowed down, so I think concentrating on the jobs piece first is great, but it's a it's a long master plan with its really could become its own community with um parks and recreation and
0: yeah, I I read a little bit about it, and um, some of the plans even show a canal.
1: Yes, bringing bringing the the river into in, the uh, property, which yeah.
0: I think sounds really cool. It
1: does, yes. Um,
0: and then also some tall buildings. I mean, maybe yes. even taller than the stuff
1: we uh, currently well, have. they had they had proposed like a twenty story tall building but of course i mean you don't build commercial real estate like that speculatively Mm -hmm. but wouldn't it be awesome if we had enough companies and need here to actually build that so it's been a while since we've had a new office building built in chattanooga yeah
0: yeah um What do you think about the old foundry? Is it the Wheeland foundry? Yes. That's just sitting there?
1: Well, that's that's another one that they've done a couple of master plans. Um, It is a local group also that owns it, and they want to make sure the right thing is there. And I know that... Uh, from the outside, it can get very frustrating to say, oh, my God, they need to do something. But it sure is better to do the right thing than to do anything. And they just want to make sure that they are doing the right thing. So I know there's they're talking to a lot of folks right now about some potential uses over there.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw the master plan for that one as well. Potentially um, actually move the baseball stadium. There was over talk there, about maybe. that at one time. Yep. Um, because the baseball stadium has lived its... I think they rebuild them every 30 years or so. And it's getting to be about that time. It is. And
1: I think there's a lot of pressure from major league baseball. Yep. If we want to keep um, the division here that we've got to make some major improvements. And it's uh, so that, so their owners have been looking at what could that look like? So the lookout stadium was a catalyst back in its day for downtown. And I know that river city company and part of their planning effort, they're looking at if it stays, what happens if it goes, what happens? Cause that's, you know, it's, it's a lot of real estate that could be redeveloped. It's too. prime real estate. Yeah, I
0: mean, if it goes, you could, um, I mean, it would be nice. You could have a nice park over there. Yes. Um, kind of to match uh, what's going on at Coolidge Park. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. Um, do you have any um, thoughts of what to do with the real estate underneath the uh, 127 bridge right by uh, Riverside
1: where they were looking at the skate park. Yes, I thought that was a great. I don't. I don't know whatever happened in that, but I thought it was a fantastic design. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, but I, but I don't. I mean, I haven't been involved in any of those conversations. I just saw the design early on, and it would be wonderful to have it cleaned up. Yes, whatever happens, uh-huh. it would be great to have it cleaned up. Yeah.
0: The l- last I heard about the skate park project, I'm a BMXer, so I follow okay. this stuff. I ride BMX. Um, uh, was the the last I heard they wanted to put it at the South chick where it meets the Tennessee river at that park on the river park. Hmm, Okay. Um, I think that's a little personally, I think that's a little too far from town. Um, it,
1: and that's County property too. So yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um,
0: I would like to see it under that bridge because it rains so much in Chattanooga. That's always dry under there. That's uh, there's other cities that have done skate parks. I've seen that. Yes. Yes, Really cool. FDR is real famous one. There's one out in Portland. Um, Or I think the skate park would do really well at Sculpture Park. Yeah. Um, Because you have lots of land there, lots of parking, free parking, and it's close to all the neighborhoods.
1: Sculpture fields are beautiful. Yeah. Uh, It's a beautiful asset to the city. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: That's, what, 40 acres, or is it that much? I think it is. It's a large parcel. It is. It's beautiful. And it's, um, it's Brownfield, I believe, so you can't do much else except have it be a park.
1: But I know that they the sculpture Field group I'm sure would love to keep their sculptures in just the way it is, so yeah. it's I'm sure it all competing it's like everything competing entities, but it does seem like how do you find underutilized um, resources or real estate like mm-hmm. underneath the bridge yes but, yeah
0: um so you say uh Chattanooga needs some more jobs. What kind of jobs do you envision Chattanooga having what kind of jobs
1: well um you know, we spent so much time looking at industrial and manufacturing type jobs, which are great. We have a lot of legacy companies here, but we sure have a lot of empty spaces, and that could be small business, small and medium-sized businesses. Uh, I think when we look at people wanting to get out of larger cities, it's a great opportunity to go and look at Nashville and Atlanta. Uh, logistics industry, of course, is a natural, and we have a lot of that here, but um, you know, at one time, there was a lot of um, press and momentum for startups and entrepreneurial type tech industries, and that that seems to have waned a little bit. So I think it is just trying to refocus. The Chamber has done a plan looking at different industry segments. I would say right now, especially with COVID and the fact that we had this unbelievable internet, hey, it's everybody needs to look at Chattanooga. I mean, I don't see us getting a huge corporate headquarters. We do have some potential, possibly, but regional, absolutely, and then small and medium-sized businesses uh, of any type.
0: Yeah, our internet is a huge blessing i believe what one time was it the fastest in the world
1: yeah i mean it still has the fastest speed but i think what's so amazing about this internet is it's everywhere right it's it's in all parts of the city and all parts of the county so i know that during covid with so many of these zoom calls i've loved it talking to people in new york and other places and they their screen freezes but we have no issue down yeah. here yeah yeah, down yeah. here in chattanooga in yeah. the
0: dirty south yeah yeah that's really cool um let's see what uh what um, what do you like to do for fun? Are you always working?
1: Uh, no, no. I I I, I try to have good balance, but well, my, my husband might say I'm always working. Uh, so for fun, um, I'm very close to my family. Um, so I don't have any children, but I have nephews, and my mom is still here. So I I we do lots of get-togethers there. Um, I like to cook. I'm a very good cook. That might surprise people um
0: what's your favorite dish
1: uh i do a I, lot of new orleans dishes i love to do like the big pots of you know jambalaya yeah and, yeah, yeah my mom says i do the best shrimp and grits of anybody so um so i love all that new orleans charleston type mm-hmm. type food uh, we love to travel when it was um when you could and it was fun uh but sometimes travel is just going couple hours away to get away and we're in such a great spot in Chattanooga to be able to do that and I really just enjoy all the aspects of our city I'm like you I walk a lot I don't run or but I but I do walk our city a lot yeah and um it's a great place just to kind of chill when you can turn it off
0: um do you get spotted in public are you that famous of a person when you're walking down the river trail Oh, there's Kim White. Or- I don't know.
1: It used to be. Well, if I walk, I, I do early, so I, I'm mostly incognito. But uh, I had a dog that that she passed away this past year. I now have a l- little rescue Jack Russell that most people don't know. So, but people would spot me because of Bella. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I'm I'm normally incognito when I. Yeah.
0: Well now with the mask if you want to hide from I people, just hi, You just
1: hide behind your mask <laughs> Isn't it hard to figure out who people are With I, masks
0: Yeah so I am fairly new to the town I've only lived here five years And um, I'm still meeting people all the time And I, I do these double takes all the time We only have our eyes to go by now Yes so it's, well
1: I love it that my mask Says Kim White for mayor on it th- So everyone fantastic. knows who I am But it's like if everybody had a mask with their name with on their it na- it'd be, It would be wonderful But it is hard to recognize people with masks on
0: Right. Um, When you travel and, you know, pre-COVID and all this stuff, um, would you ever travel internationally or where's some places you've been?
1: Yeah, my husband loves England. So we've done England um, a couple of times. And uh, I mean, we we traveled a lot when we were younger. Um, Italy. um, But I, I seem to really like cities the size of Chattanooga where you can walk and get out and uh, our last one, we went to the Cotswold section of of England. So all those beautiful little English villages, and it was um, it was just magical. Yeah, that's yeah. cool.
0: I I also love to travel. So. Yes. Um, did you play any sports when you were in? I high am school? so <laughs>
1: uncoordinated. Oh my gosh, my husband laughs. I have zero hand eye coordination, so I never played sports. Um, no, I was I played the piano uh, and. Um, but never never play sports. I have a my dad was real outdoorsy and athletic, and my brother has done triathlons and he's very into all that. But it skipped me or something. Uh, um, but the piano, musical, do you yeah. still play? No, I, I you know when I moved back to Chattanooga. Um, in fact, we we moved into a condo that had a piano. We don't have it anymore. And I thought, oh, I can just pl- I, I should just be able to remember it again. But after so many years, you don't. So it's. Um, I enjoy music, but I don't, I don't play.
0: Yeah. I have a guitar sitting right there and, uh, it's mostly for decoration. <laughs> <laughs> I,
1: I, I was really impressed that you had it though.
0: Yeah. I, well, yeah, it's, yeah. it's a good talking piece. And, yeah. Uh, it, yeah. If I, uh, once in a while I'd pick it up, I have one song that I can play and oh. f- kind of fool people. So that's they, good. they think that I can play. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's that That's the trick. Um, what is your, what's Chattanooga's, uh, greatest asset, uh, that can't be replicated by other cities.
1: Uh, it's definitely our outdoors and the nat- just the natural beauty of Chattanooga. Um, I mean, no one can talk about the mountains and the river, and um, that's the one thing that I really want to highlight again. When Bob Corker was mayor, there was a big focus on the outdoors um, and really highlighting how wonderful it was. And I know Outdoor Magazine has picked us the best outdoor city twice, but or the best city twice. But I think that we need to get back to that. I mean, it's great that we have Iron Man and we've attracted a lot of things because of the outdoor beauty. Mm-hmm. But I love the fact that so many people come here for rock climbing. I mean, we are we're we have such cool talent in this city because of boarding and rock climbing and whatever else. Um, it's a list bouldering. of about 20 different things. Yes, hang gliding. I yeah. mean, it's just, um, I just think Chattanooga is the most special city.
0: It is. It really is. Um, when I moved here, I didn't even take the river into consideration. I, I mean, and I haven't realized now that now that I've been here, I'm getting into paddleboarding and kayaking. And our river, we have so much. You don't have to whitewater kayak. Yeah, you, we have the South Chick. Um, we have uh, Lookout Creek, Chattanooga Creek. Even I mean, no one ever kayaks there, but we have it. Uh, there's <laughs> lots of options. It's it's great. Yes. Um, yes. Have you ever been caving?
1: No, no. Have you? Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course you've been caving. <laughs> yeah, of course. Well,
0: w- this is uh, one of the best places in America. Yes, to cave right here in yes. Chattanooga.
1: I've always wanted to go to those concerts they have in the caves. Oh, yeah, you know, I do that more like in Alabama area. Yeah, exactly. Um, but but no, I think I'm I'm not. I don't think I'm claustrophobic, but that might make me a little claustrophobic going well, caving.
0: There's a cave in Alabama called Tumbling Rock. And that's the one that you should you should try. It's great. it's a great activity to do on a rainy day because it's dry. It's yes. one of the few dry activities to do on a rainy day yeah. outside. So
1: I'll I'll remember that.
0: Um, hang gliding. Have you done the hang gliding? No.
1: I have nephews that have done hang gliding, and I took them to it. I, so I I I I know what it looks like. I would love to watch it, but no. no have you
0: no no not yet but it's on the list for sure yes yes yeah
1: yeah the most adventurous thing i did recently was um so mayoral candidates were invited to the fire departments um one day thing they call fire ops that's cool from 7 a.m to 2 and you put on fire uniform and you do all these things that firemen do and i'm like climbing up a fire ladder Repelling down the side of a building so I can check I can check that adventurous thing off right now isn't all that um gear really hot and heavy it's heavy yeah it was really it was really cold that day but um it's it's heavy I, I mean I definitely I had an appreciation before but I definitely have an appreciation now and and uh it's not easy for someone my size to carry a tank all day long but um yeah they they, they do a heck of a job
0: um, now, since you like to cook so much, uh, what it's what are some of your favorite places to eat around town?
1: Oh my gosh, we are so blessed to have great restaurants. I mean, and local restaurants. Yeah, yes, we do. Um, so Easy Bistro. I've always loved Easy Bistro. They and Eric Nils great with Main Street Meats. That's awesome. Um, Aaliyah's fantastic. Um, Saint John's Meeting Place. Stir. I love what they've done at Stir. Um, God, then I like Parkway Poorhouse because I love their red beans and rice and their fish taco. You can tell I love to eat, so yeah. I should have said what when you said what do you do in your spare time? I eat. That's there. what I love to do is eat. Um, uh, yeah, Boathouse is great. I love to drive up to Canyon Grill and just as a different little piece of scenery and uh, do that. So yeah, I love to eat.
0: Yeah, we do have a lot of good restaurants. Oh, we time. have
1: great restaurants. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah.
0: Um. Is there um, a place or a website where people could find out uh, more about uh, your campaign?
1: Yes, it's easy. It's KimWhiteForMayor.com.
0: That's pretty easy. Yeah,
1: that's easy. I don't have to even worry about the spelling, right? Yeah, yeah, KimWhiteForMayor.com.
0: Is there anything you um, would like to tell me about uh, your mayoral campaign or any potential policies or anything you have – The floor.
1: Yeah. Free reign. Okay, super, super. So, yes, I think that um, all of our policies are on the website, and uh, my focus is really on, like we talked about before, growing jobs and business, supporting small and medium-sized businesses, Uh, how we really take better care and put more investment into our infrastructure and, and streets and roads, Um, I've heard so many things from people about streets and roads and, and the cleanliness of them, uh, making sure that the gateways of our city are beautiful, which kind of goes into the infrastructure piece. Um, I've met with so many great first responders that need more resources. So it's making sure that they have the tools that they need and can have the ability to to go out and recruit, uh, people that look like the people in the neighborhoods. Uh, making government easy to do business with, and this is what I'm Really excited about because I do feel like we have an opportunity to streamline our policies and take away some roadblocks. I've seen that firsthand. And if we are going to grow our city and really help people to grow businesses and start businesses, we need to really make it as easy as possible for people to come and invest in our city.
0: Could you give me an an example of a roadblock that we currently have that you could eliminate?
1: Yeah. So right now, if you wanted to do a development um, it takes an, inor- an enormous amount of time for your permit yes. you have to go through so many different departments. Some of uh, what you get from one department is open to interpretation. So the next department comes and tells you, no, it needs to be done this way. There's not a coordinated effort. So I think the de- developers and builders I've talked to feel very frustrated that time is money. And when they are putting their name on a loan um, every day, counts and all that cost gets passed back on uh so if we really want a a city that stays affordable how do we how do we get it to the end result as quickly as possible so i think some of that some clarity of Mm -hmm. that would be helpful
0: what are the major departments that are kind of getting in stepping on each other's toes or getting in the way uh i would
1: say over at the development resource center uh um it's it's public works cdot the land development office it's just it's just better coordination there it's Kinda like you were talking about with Tremont Tavern. Yeah. When they wanted to do something with outdoor seating, it's they got they have to have an answer quickly.
0: Or they can't or they can't do it. Uh
1: or and if they can't do it, maybe they can't survive as a business. So, um so like how do we get things back out to market the quickest? There's some great people over the city and I think it is just giving maybe clear direction and empowering them to do their jobs. Um so Making government work is, is a big one. Uh, affordable housing is something that I think is a sweet spot for me in the fact that I understand potential and development and opportunity. Uh, in my role at River City Company, that's not something that we focused on, but that's one thing that the neighborhoods need, and that's what I want to do. The city has about 500 parcels of back tax and derelict properties, that I'm going to bring someone in to really focus on getting those back on the tax rolls. And we can partner with developers or nonprofits that want to keep units affordable. We could do some things with incentives with that land, whether we give them the land or a dollar a year or a long-term lease. But but I think that's a role the city could play.
0: Does the city currently... Put those properties up for auction periodically
1: periodically but there's a lot just sitting there because it's just a it's just a long pro, it's a long tenuous process so um so yes but that needs to happen quicker yeah and then some of our rules and regs like right now we don't even allow some things like garage apartments or smaller dwellings um i think it's just updating some of our codes so we have different housing types that would fit with each individual neighborhood
0: like accessory accessory units sure yes. yeah Mm -hmm. yeah
1: so we think that we could do bring on 700 units of affordable housing during my first term um the fact that when you look at my plans i have a strategy for getting there and it's not just a plan on a piece of paper is that we've done a lot of homework and then trying to understand what the issues are
0: can you tell i'm i mean i'm curious in the housing development aspect um could you tell me, walk me through that plan? Yeah, for I mean, seven hundred houses. So,
1: so we have five hundred units of right now. We have five hundred parcels of land uh, in we, the city. In the city,
0: that's a lot. Yeah, it's
1: a lot, and and most of them are in neighborhoods. I mean, you think about a derelict property in the middle of a neighborhood. What that does to the other property values? Yeah. So that's that's number one. The second is that we want to put a fund of two million dollars every year, uh, an affordable housing fund, to help fill some of those gaps whether it's a development that we're trying to attract or, I mean, it could be used a lot of different ways. It's leveraging some of the federal dollars. And I do think that we'll have a lot more federal dollars coming and looking at affordable housing. So maybe we can do more than 700. So it's having the personnel, unlocking the property. It is streamlining the codes and maybe looking at a recoding Period. Which, uh, so we can go in and do something and have different have accessory dwellings,
0: which we just redid our zoning, didn't we? Moving we did. We did form based. based
1: code, um, and that's really more the downtown core, not so much the neighborhoods. Okay. Um, so it's it's taking all of those things and then working with organizations like Chattanooga Neighborhood Enterprise yeah. and others that are in that arena and look at them as a true partner, um, as we start figuring out who all needs to be at the table to figure it out because city government can't figure out affordable housing alone. C&E can't do it alone. It's all of us working together to make it happen. So that's one that I think we could really make an impact on. i um, excited about that. Um, the outdoors, which should really be of interest to you is uh, how do we have a world-class parks and outdoor department? And um, I brought uh, on Dawson Wheeler who started Rock Creek and, yeah. um, as someone that's helped me pull together a group bring some of the best of the best minds together to look at what what needs to happen in order to get that jump started one we need a parks and rec department whether we call it parks and outdoor i don't know but it really is how do we take the parks not only the big parks like downtown but neighborhood parks and we keep them animated and we uh, really use that as a driver to really highlight diversity and inclusion is from programming. What can we actually do there? Um, part of that is how do we fund it? And uh, we would start a parks foundation. A lot of cities have a parks foundation. It's easier to raise money. It's easier. You can be a lot more nimble with what you want to do with programming, how the neighbors could can get involved. Uh, Nashville has one. Knoxville has one. Heck, um, Udawall has a parks foundation. Oh. So, So I think there's some again, tangible plans of how we can jumpstart. And it really starts with visionary leadership, bringing someone on for that department um, that can work with all segments of outdoors um, to really highlight what's so special about Chattanooga.
0: And uh, while I have your attention, I want to put a bug in your ear. Yes. Um, I would love to see a man made small rapids section um, coming out of the dam at the beginning of the river trail, cause you have pretty much free water coming out of there yeah. and you could build a small course and that people would come from all over America, um, to practice, uh, kayaking there and playing in the holes. And we have so much parking there and we have, um, You'd have to work with TVA, obviously. But um, this has been done before in other cities. Yes. And I think it's a fantastic idea. And we have it right here. And people from downtown could even it'd just be so accessible because right now we have the north chick which runs most of the year um but otherwise you the the kayakers kind of just have to wait for rain
1: it's so funny i'm trying to remember uh, the lady's name that brought me that idea at oh, river city company good. not in that location which what that location makes total sense but Really opened my eyes of what other cities have done. Yeah, and I think that's a, such a cool idea. I mean, TVA works now with El Coy River, exactly. so it's 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 trying to figure that out. But it would be a a different add-on. It was amazing to see video of what they've done in other cities with with that. Yeah, yeah. Um,
0: people would come from all over the East Coast for sure. Yeah. So, um, just had well, I have your attention. No, it's I great. Just <laughs> had to I put love that it. Out there. Yeah. Um, so you talked about infrastructure. Um, are there any plans to add more bike lanes to the city, or are we kind of um, done doing that? Or
1: uh, I don't know. I think I think we need to – I mean, it's great to have a city that's connected and it's walkable and bikeable. I think it's just making sure we put them where they make sense. I mean, mm. we have some right now that don't really make yeah, sense, like Browse but... Ferry Road, and, and there's just some that don't. But I, I think that that's something you just look at – What makes the most sense? I will say that we need to really focus on paving right now because we really are behind. So that would be like the number one focus. But, um, you know, I think, you know, you always look at what actually does make sense in a city.
0: And uh, pardon my ignorance. Um, is all the highway construction is that uh, state dollars or federal dollars? Both. They're in, state and federal. In any uh, Chattanooga dollars? Mm-mm. Okay. No. So all that happening is outside of. Yeah,
1: most of it's state. I mean, there may be some federal, but yeah, it's a huge. That's a huge. Uh, hopefully, about to get finished.
0: Speaking of um, roads, have you heard of a R- Scrug Street being extended to connect to Amnicola? Have you read about that project idea?
1: No, I'd read about Central. I mean, I know Central. Oh, Avenue. Central. Yeah, yes, yeah.
0: Scruggs is about two or three streets over. Okay. So, yeah, you're right. Central, Central. going through there. Mm-hmm. Is that on the back burner? Is that happening? Uh,
1: uh, it is happening. I think because is. there were other dollars involved in it, just the whole process got delayed. But, um, you know, it's an important connector, especially for the hospital and others so um i don't know where in the queue that is yeah. but but that is the plan has been done and the money has been set aside for that
0: okay and um what do you know about um mlk got re was redone which i think is wonderful now we have big old bike lanes um cars don't drive as fast i think it helped the small businesses on mlk yes i think and
1: they really wanted they really wanted that done
0: i think that's great um it, what's the time frame for extending that all the way to the tunnel with the bi- dedicated bike lanes?
1: Yeah, you know, I don't know that either uh, about the extension there, but I know that um, you know the MLK restriping process was something that they worked a lot with the property owners and with UTC and uh, got huge buy-in. But I agree, it's um, sometimes it's not a matter of how quickly you can drive through a city. Yeah, it is. A lot of people don't realize that. It is it is how do you slow it down to help the small businesses and, and we we are so much more pedestrian uh, a pedestrian city than we were twenty years ago. Oh yeah. Yeah. So it is just yeah, you don't need to Well, be- you
0: didn't want to go down out out on the town at night back, you know, twenty years ago. It's I mean where we're sitting right now is abandoned field. Yeah. In the south side here. Yeah. It was
1: this is amazing. Yeah, it's changed. I know that, you know, go, the Brainerd Tunnel, I mean, that's another area that we really need to work with the state on with um, slowing cars down and helping those businesses yep. through the tunnel. I've taken the time to go meet with uh, a lot of the businesses there, and uh, that that is a state highway, believe it or not. I did it's, not know that. Yes. So some of it is just coordination with the state, but um, there's some really cool businesses that have been there a long time. Well, just-
0: do you know the Hot Chicken restaurant that... They yes, just they yes, just left there. Yes. Um they left there because cars were going too fast and a and a, a car ran into their building. Yeah. Um and they, they said they had enough and now they're on Broad Street. They just opened. Oh. Wow. Well, yeah. Next next to Cash's bakery. I'm
1: glad to know they're open. That's yeah. good. Yeah, it's yeah. hot.
0: You you got it. it's really hot. It's really hot. Yeah, H- hot, it. hot
1: chicken. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um yeah, I don't know what um That's an interesting area on the other side of that tunnel, that first two blocks or so. Yeah. It's old.
1: It's some neat uh, architecture, and there's some great neighborhoods behind it. Mm -hmm. So, um, and the way that street is, I don't know, there's like that dip in in the road. It's just easy to go fast and... It's figuring out. It can be figured out. Other cities have. Um, Uh It's just coordination with the state. But there's some great businesses there.
0: I think it needs a big old sidewalk through that tunnel. But that would require building a bigger tunnel. And (laughs) probably it's not going to (laughs) happen. I think you're uh, right. Yeah, if they started it if the tunnel was bigger from the beginning i think that really would have changed the whole area yeah. if you had a 10 foot wide sidewalk yeah might, we have a like couple there. of
1: tunnels that need some needs some tlc but yeah. yeah
0: yeah yeah we do are we responsible for those or does the state give you money for the tunnels?
1: uh god you're asking me all kinds of infrastructure questions i don't know <laughs> i don't I, I mean i don't know i don't know on that who is responsible for that tunnel Oh, okay yeah yeah, yeah. We've-
0: about oh, four tunnels, I think, in town. I mean,
1: so if the state road goes through the tunnel, yeah, does that exactly. mean the tunnel is our, I don't know. I like inquiring minds. I'll have to find out. Right. Yeah.
0: Right. Um. What else? Um. What else do you want to talk about? Your policies or anything?
1: Um. We've talked about housing um, infrastructure. Yeah, infrastructure and affordable housing and um the outdoor piece, which is um which is great. Um. One of the things that we're going to be looking at too, I don't know if you're you're familiar with this, but the YFD centers, Youth and Family Development Centers. I'm not. So the city owns fifteen, um, really, they're community centers, um, and all over this, all over the parts of the city, that are now called Youth and Family Development Centers. That um, some of them have basketball courts, some of them have the one in Avondale is pretty new, has a library in it is really working on what we're going to look at is how we can make those more of a community center. How can how we can do some things like after school learning and mentoring. And if someone wants to start a small business, is there an opportunity to do something there to give bring resources? But I think um, I'm excited about looking at the real estate that the city owns and how do we leverage it for the maximum impact. So how do we bring investment to each neighborhood? And that's one way is looking at what those community centers can do for that neighborhood. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: I like that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. We have, we have great, I've I've met some great people going and talking about um, their love for their area of town and their hopes and their dreams for what can happen in Chattanooga. And I think this whole process has really inspired me even more about the potential of what, our city can become if we all just work together.
0: Yeah, that's uh, that's the key: working together. Yes, yes, I love it. Yes. Well, um, thank, thank you so much. Oh my gosh, thank you. It's been
1: great. It's been a great conversation.
0: It's an honor to meet you. Yeah, you and, too. Uh, thank
1: you for choosing Chattanooga.
0: Oh well, I mean, we both made the same choice. Yeah, we did. Uh, we are both blessed to live in this wonderful city. We are. I love it.
1: We are. Thank you.
0: All right, thank you. Talk to you later. And there you have it. Kim White, everybody. I hope you found that conversation useful. If you're also interested in listening to other mayoral candidates I've had on the show, you can go back in the archives. Uh, Episode 37 was Wade Hinton, 32 for Amante Bruel, and 29 for Tim Kelly. Uh, Voting is already going on right now, and it ends March 2nd, so go out and do your thing. And if you like this podcast, please share it with all your friends. Tell your friends. is small. Word of mouth is key. And uh, go on to Apple Podcasts. Leave a five-star rating and a review. I'd really appreciate that. Otherwise, we'll see you next time. Bye.